Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, Pastor Kenny Ellis and I discuss the importance, the challenges, and the joys of offering points of real-world application from the Scriptures. We hope you enjoy the conversation. All right, we are back here and with episode number eight of FPC Lakeland's Armchair Preaching. Back in the armchair is uh, Pastor Kenny. Good to have you back yep. once again. We are a little behind schedule this week because of Labor Day, and we were all kind of watching hurricanes head our direction, and um, thankfully hasn't really been affected us a whole lot. We are in deep prayer for those people in the Bahamas and those that are really affected by it. Um, But that put us a little bit behind schedule this week. So we appreciate everybody's patience uh, who have been, I know, eagerly waiting for this episode of Armchair Preaching. Um, Today we are talking about, uh, we, we were in, Kenny was in our Vine service on Sunday. I was in Classic once again. We were in this little mini series um, on Cultivate. We did two different directions. Uh, once again, Kenny was talking about cultivating uh, the joy of the Lord, um, and I was talking about cultivating spiritual relationships as we develop a heart for the Lord. Um, but one of the things that there was a lot of commonality or a lot of overlap between this week especially that I just really want to hone in on today is this idea of applying the Scripture or giving specific application in the Scripture during uh, uh, the message, because this week... I don't know that it's more so than other weeks, but especially this week, there was some very specific, easily drawn out application mm-hmm. uh, for the life of the believer this yeah. week. And uh, so let's talk about application in general. We we try to apply the scriptures uh, every week or, or give people points to take home with them every week. Why, why do you think that is so important and how has that really changed over the course of your preaching life? Well, I think it's important uh, because the if you think about what the point of preaching is, um, there's never it, it to me it's never been uh, over all the years of preaching and teaching. I think for whatever reason, early on in me, it was ingrained this idea of, of James teaching that you know if if you um, that we want to be doers of the word. That it's not just that we hear the word, but that we actually do it and apply it. Otherwise, it's like we look in the mirror, and and we may see things that are off or need to be adjusted, and don't do anything about it. Yeah. Nobody would ever do that. Yeah. You look into a mirror to see what needs to be changed or adjusted. So, um, I think that's always, to me, been that's been the point of the of the of preaching or mm-hmm. teaching is to get people get all of us to the point where we're actually responding to God's word. Yeah. And so, you know, I just think that's always um that's always where you want to try to go. Otherwise, I think what happens is is people um people think the point of preaching or teaching or reading their bibles is just to gain more knowledge and facts. Yeah. And which if it doesn't lead to life change, it often just leads to pride. Yeah. They just know a bunch of things about yeah. the Bible. And so anyway, so I think that's why that's important that, you know, never just leave people with, hey, here's some new information. Yeah. Information versus transformation. Mm-hmm. That's what we, we, we've used that 
kind of cliche a lot. It's yeah. not it's cliche because it's true. Um, and in our tradition, in the Presbyterian tradition, I think um, I don't want to say we give it lip service, but I think sometimes we do err on the side of know the right things, yeah, and believe the right things. Um, sometimes we leave off. At least our tradition tends to leave off the. Uh, how does that actually make a, a difference in your Monday through Saturday living? Yeah, and um, and and there and and truth be told, there are challenges to applying certain scriptures. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, you you get into some of the 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 prophets, and you get into some of the more. Um, you know, think about even even the the, the post Exodus battles to gain the promised land. Applying yeah. that to the you know the average person in 21st century North America is a little challenging. Yeah. Uh, so how do you how do you overcome those kinds of challenges when 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 the scripture is you know it's applicable, um, but there's a difficulty in 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 translating that to today's person that's in a, a normal congregation. Yeah, and that's that's where you're just you're just trying to look for what are the what are the timeless principles or truths that are behind whatever. And it, like you said, there are some passages in the Bible that are um, a lot more difficult to to readily access. Okay, what does this mean? What am I supposed to do with that? Yeah. So if it's the Battle of Jericho, for example, and you say, "Well, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, <laughs> physically take by military force any any land or battle. I'm in a physical battle." Um, so I think th- I think that's where you at least want to. Um, you do want to. You, you don't want to allegorize everything. It was yeah. an actual battle that took place. Yeah. And so I think being able to to preach the historical um, truth of of what actually happened. And then say, by way of application, mm-hmm. aren't there aren't there those times we face mm-hmm. challenging situations or uh, what seem like impossible hurdles in front of us that mm-hmm. uh, it's only going to be by trusting in God's rescue? Yeah, that, you know. So that's kind of how you get there. Yeah. Whereas when you get to, well, I mean, it's both Old and New Testament. You have some things that are just so obvious what they are either yeah. their moral stories mm-hmm. or the proverbs which are just talking about practical wisdom yeah they're not that difficult so then it's just a matter of what are all the different ways this could apply all the the facets of it yeah, yeah and you're looking at 300 people and you're saying what are what are what are 300 different ways this could apply and how do i pick three or four that i think most everybody in the room yeah could could apply this too yeah and this sunday you know in your passage you're back in philippians and and you really did give a lot of, uh, especially at the front end, really good historical. I think you did the same thing last week, but um, I noticed a little bit. I don't know why, a little bit more this week talking about uh, Paul's situation, um, even even the 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 envoy that comes from Philippi through Epaphroditus and the the gratitude that they're showing him, and he's mm-hmm. in the middle of this um, extremely unjoyful unhappy circumstance of being in prison and again the, most of the people in the room i would dare say almost all the people in the room have no experience of being in prison none of the people have an experience of being in a roman prison and yet at the same time making that adjustment mm-hmm. for people's lives yeah. um, is 
really important to get them to say, well, I've never been in a Roman prison, mm-hmm. but man, I've dealt with a lot of unhappy, un, unjoyful situations. And then how yeah. do I get to that point? Um, yeah. Well, and, for, and, in, and in your message, uh, one of the things that was interesting, one of the adjustments you had to make between the, the text of Deuteronomy, which was this, um, you know, the Israelites as a people group mm-hmm. and um, how family oriented they were and how tight knit they were. Um, and that's why the passing of God's truth to the next generation was such a great strategy because mm-hmm. they were they were such tight knit families that stayed together mm-hmm. over generations. And so how do you, what's the application of that to a culture like ours where there's there's divorce, there's mm-hmm. the people are transient, families live very far apart, relationships break down. So once again, it, th- that was the, you had to do the work of saying, okay, well, this was a different culture back then, but the truth still applies, but yeah. applying it's going to be more difficult for us because we're not as tight knit, we don't stay yeah. as close together, that sort of thing. So they're just adjustments that you have to make. Yeah, uh, his seminary professor Richard Pratt, when he was talking about um, you know the, the the science or the art of, of biblical reading and study, hermeneutics, that technical term for it, but he would say you always have to make those epical adjustments, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, um, and that always stuck with me, and and I think both both uh, in Old Testament and New Testament, you have the same challenges, but that's that's where the entry point into application comes not just the understanding but the application to say well how are we both alike and unlike the people then yeah um and that's that's really true when you're thinking about the the you you kind of alluded to it there's 300 people in a room it could be applied 300 unique Mm -hmm. or individual ways um do you have some picture in mind of who you're looking at, I mean, not necessarily a name. I mean, you might have like a person's name there, but is there like a kind of a, I don't say a stereotype, but is there like that, that kind of image of someone, this is who I'm preaching to, or these are the types of people I'm preaching to? Yeah, for me, it, it more often than not, I try to just think through the age ranges, the life stages that mm-hmm. are in the room. So if I'm thinking for example, of what, you know, what, uh, well, so that the third point I made, which was just where Paul talks about, um, whatever's lovely, admirable, praiseworthy, think on these things. So I'm thinking, okay, so, uh, what is a teenager who, who gives so much of their time away to their phones? Mm -hmm. How's this going to apply to them? Yeah. And then how does it apply to the newly married and then to the people my age or whatever? So I, I oftentimes will think through the life stages in the room so yeah. that I don't, so people don't feel like they're just completely overlooked. Yeah. Um, that's more often than not the, 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 that's about as specific as I'll get. I mean, the every categories. now and then, yeah. 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 I mean, if it's every now and then, if it's something very unique, um, then I may have people in my mind who I know are struggling with something that, um, like a marriage, you know, yeah. if I, I know of a handful of marriages that are really struggling mm-hmm. and there's a point where I can encourage them by something that's in there. Yeah. That I may, at that point, I know I'm saying, okay, I know at least four couples in the room really need to hear this. Yeah. And it's me, it's worth it at that point. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. You know, and, I, and you've, we've, I think every preacher at some point, um, has had the, the situation where after the sermon, a person comes up and says, mm-hmm. man, you, were yeah. you, did you, were you like following me this week? How did you know that's what I needed to hear? Yeah. And the fact is that's where we rely on the Holy spirit. 
more often than not, when I'm when I'm preaching a message or I'm preparing a message, I'm thinking how to apply it. I and maybe this is self-centered. I, I'm always preaching to myself first. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm looking at this a passage of scripture. So what do I need to hear out of this? Yeah. Because the fact is, man, I'm I'm a, I, I've got some pretty rough edges and and places that I really need to sand off. You know, that I need the the Lord's work to sand off. And yeah. And um, but then yeah, I think you're right. That the 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 category thing is really important. And then. You know the challenge that I faced this week in in the Deuteronomy passage is it it was very and in the in the Second Timothy passage where it's talking where Paul is is referring to Timothy uh, Timothy watches watches him through his persecution. The challenge I face is that is very much a passage that is directed at the older generation to for them to invest in the younger generation. But at the same time, I'm looking at and we've talked about this a little bit. You know, our 1030 Classic service is actually pretty, there's a pretty wide range of people, age ranges in that room and life stations. So what is, what's the application for the younger generation now mm-hmm. is, is to say, hey amen, we also have the obligation. And, and I could have picked up different scriptures to apply that. Um, time did not permit that. Mm-hmm. To, to, I could have gone through many places where the, 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 Admonition from the younger generation to support and encourage the older is there too, but yeah, but you have to kind of think yeah. about as many different folks. Otherwise, half the congregation or a big chunk is saying, "Well, dude, I'm good. This doesn't apply to me. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. This doesn't apply to me at all." Um, one of the things that I I think is challenging to the application process is. Um, the idea, at least in my mind, I think of it like this, is the idea of kind of redundant application points. Mm-hmm. You know, um, sometimes it seems like the application is change your mentality, <laughs> you know, change your perspective, um, read your Bible more. You know, yep. I think some some pastors that they do that. And so how do you approach those those points of application, which are valid applications in a ton of different places in Scripture? How do you approach those ones where you think, man, is this is this really all it's saying, or is there mm-hmm. more to it? How do you how do you approach those kinds of points? Well, I think that uh, I, I think two things. One, I think that that that's that's just part of the that's part of the transformation process. Mm-hmm. Is that we we do need to be reminded of things. I think how often Paul says um, in his letters. Um, I'm I'm going to say this to you again, or I'm going to remind you yeah. of what I've said before, mm-hmm. and and he's even kind of redundant in many of, of of his correspondence and stuff. So I think that's just that's just tipping us off to the fact that we forget things, um, we we put important things on the back burner, and they need to be brought back forward again to be reminded of them. That's just part of the that's just part of the transformation process, and so um, I just think. Uh, I don't. I don't shy away from that. I mean, there's yeah. a, there's a sense in which you say, well, yeah, but you're a communicator. You're in front of people. Don't don't you want to try to every time you bring something up new or bring something up that maybe is a redundancy, don't you want to try to say it more creatively or find mm-hmm. some unique way to say it? And yeah, I mean, in some way I do. I mean, yeah. I, as a communicator, I'm I'm about. I want to do the hard work of yeah. of making it interesting for people. But at the same time, I don't want to shy away from. Just saying, hey, sorry, we need to read our Bibles. Yeah, and we should be praying more. Yeah, um, we should be in relationships with one another. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all the basics to me, they do need to be. Um, they do need to be. We need to be reminded of those things often. So yeah. 
Well, and it's funny because even in the Philippians passage, Paul is repetitive constantly. That you you know you even in the one central statement, rejoice in the Lord always. And he doesn't. Do, that's not a period. That I mean, again, I, I say rejoice. I mean, mm-hmm. that, there's that redundancy there. Um, you know, I, I I totally yeah. We do need to be reminded because the fact is. We all, and even even if we know again informationally, educationally, intellectually that yeah, that's true. I really should do that, but hearing it again reminds us that the transformation hasn't hasn't totally occurred and, mm-hmm. and taken 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 root and taken hold. Yeah. Um, well, and you also go through. You think about how often we you know we talk about the language of like your seasons of your life, or yeah. you know the um, every. It seems like every few months, it seems like life is a little bit different. Things have shifted or changed in parenting, or our kids are different ages, or or now we're caring for adults or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, even applying something as simple as well, what does it mean? What does it mean to build the habit of reading God's Word into my life? now as a parent of yeah. older teenage boys and the schedule that I have now, well, it looks different than what it did 20 years ago. Yeah. So th- the same applications there, Read, I should be reading the Bible more, but how I'm reading it in this mm-hmm. stage of life is different. And so it's good for me to be challenged to rethink that. Okay, maybe I need to shift some things or change some things. Well, and that's where the, the, the fresh angle can come in to play. Mm-hmm. It's the same central point but even the same central point is applied differently over the course of our lives. And you can even take that to say the same central point point of an application is applied differently as an individual versus how it's applied corporately, mm-hmm. right? I mean, because we're not just preaching to individuals. Because if, if, if our job, if our sole job as communicators of God's Word was to preach to individuals or to speak to individuals um, and to teach individuals, our time would probably be better spent to, to, to divvy up the congregation and set appointments up every single week with all of yeah. them and say, well, so this week we're really focusing and take 15 minutes or 10 minutes with every person, every, you know, all, all 300 people in the room or all 800 people in the church and say, well, this is how it applies to you. And that way there's a back and forth. But, but there are points where you have to say this applies individually in this way, but it also mm-hmm. applies to the congregation because we're not just a gathering of individuals. Yep. Well, and I think that, and it's the individual piece that to me, uh, if I could just say one thing to, okay, well, we're talking about how do we think through and, and, and um, incorporate application into our preaching and teaching. But I would say for the congregation, uh, another good question would be, well, if application is so important, how should that change the way that I come into Sunday mornings? Yeah. What am I looking for in the mm-hmm. message? Because I think too often, I think we're like, well, I hope it's interesting. I hope it keeps my attention the whole time. I hope they say something funny every now and then just to keep it light, whatever. Instead of thinking, there's something that God has just for me today, mm-hmm. and I need to be listening because there's going to be something. Yeah. If, if I, by faith I can trust there's something God has for me yeah. that I'm supposed to hear, mm-hmm. and it may be an encouragement. It's not always a to-do That's or right. a, you have to do this. It may be something that you just need to be a hearer word of assurance or, Absolutely. or be assured of God's love uh, or comfort during a time of, of trial. 
but but to have that anticipation that I'm not just passively experiencing something, I'm engaged with God mm-hmm. and His Word, and I want to be listening for what He's saying. Yeah. And I think that's a responsibility of, of each congregant. So what you get out of a sermon, that's completely on you. Yeah. I mean, we want to try to go a good job mm-hmm. preaching and teaching, but the truth is, is if if somebody is up there who sincerely has opened God's Word yeah. and is preaching a message, you can hear God. Yeah. So the, if even you don't, yeah, even in the most terrible vessel. Absolutely. I mean, I I, I, I read somewhere, and I, I wish I knew the. I wish I could give you the the source, but I, you know, Jonathan Edwards, one of the most celebrated preachers um, in American history. But I read somewhere he was his delivery was absolutely horrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, his face was down in his manuscript, thundering away, but wasn't. But for but but again, like you said, the word of God, the Holy Spirit is not going to let the word of God go out void. Yeah. So it's it's incumbent upon hearers to be open. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, for lack of a better term, unfortunately, because of our entertainment obsessed kind of mentality, and I get this way too. I mean, this is not just hey you. Congregate. I, I do this too when I'm yeah. listening to a message. Um, we want to be entertained. Yeah. You know. We and and it's not that I, I'm. I tend to fall in line with. It's not entertainment is not a bad thing, but even the best entertainment is somewhat transformational. Yeah. And um, but for a, a preaching environment, people, we have to go in understanding that there's something. The, the word of God is is being exposited and being delivered and. Yep. And it's not, we really believe this. I really believe this. And I know you really believe this. And we pray for each other in this way. Um, we don't believe that it's us speaking. I mean, we really do believe and pray that the Holy Spirit is is overwhelming mm-hmm. our shortcomings. Yep. Um, so that people are able to experience the Word of God in a way that's transformational for their lives. Yep. That's our passion yep. um, in the preaching ministry. And I heard, uh, I was listening to this guy one time, he was talking about... Um, He'd been asked why, why they were they started what was going to be a six week series on giving and generosity, mm-hmm. uh, because his pastor had a sense that the church really just had needed to mature in that they mm-hmm. just weren't very generous, they weren't very open handed, there wasn't a lot of trust in God, and so he they were going to do a six week series, and 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 somebody visited during the six week series, and they came back like six months later, and they, the preacher was still they were still in generosity and giving in a sermon <laughs> series. And he asked the pastor about it. He's like, why are you still doing that? And he says, because we still don't get it. Yeah, They, they still haven't responded. No, nobody's acting as if this is from God's word and there's been no change. He said, so I, he, was, he goes, I think, I forget the exact language used, but basically he says, I think it's actually would mal, it'd be malforming mm-hmm. for them to hear truth that's not applied. Yeah. He said, if you make a habit out of hearing things that you don't have any intention of ever doing, it yeah. actually begins to work against you. Yeah. It actually begins to shape your heart in a way that's negative. Yeah. It's not just that you stay neutral, but you actually are you're practicing ignore, Diso- ignoring God's word. You're practicing disobedience. Yeah. It's practiced disobedience. Yeah, and if you do that over a long enough time, that becomes toxic to your soul. Yeah. Because it becomes a habit, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's it's the the habit of obedience is 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 a learned behavior mm-hmm. and it can become a habit um you know i 
I, I was re- reading through C.S. Lewis and and some of the correspondence that he that he's written it. And for him, he never talked about devotional life, and because for him, the devotional life was an should be an automatic byproduct. Uh, and he would say, I don't. It was a it was a mental block for him that a person that claimed to be a follower of Jesus Christ didn't have a devotional life. It mm-hmm. wasn't a rich devote. It wasn't that they had a rich devotional life or not. It's just that they had no devotional life. To him, was absolutely mm-hmm. abhorrent because to him it was a it wasn't a matter of is Christianity um, something I just happen to like. It was true, and so it was transformational for him. Yeah, and um, so. If it wasn't transformational, then, then the 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 result or, or the 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 underlying kind of you know thought processes is that not re- it's not really true. Mm-hmm. If it's not transformational, then you really don't believe it's true. Yeah, it just means that you kind of happen to like it. Yeah, which is not the gospel <laughs> that yeah, Jesus uh, preaches at yeah. all, or that that is present throughout any of the scriptures. Um, well, anyway, Kenny, that that I appreciate. Let's good conversation. We could talk more and more yeah. about the application part of it because I think it's a challenge, but I think it is uh, really, really important. Um, and I uh, really appreciate getting to talk with you once again about Absolutely. this. Absolutely. Um, next week we'll be in kind of a new environment with Armchair Preaching, so make sure you you tune in uh, next week for kind of a new season of Armchair Preaching. I'm just going to tease it right there. I'm not going to say anything more about it. If people don't know, they need to, to tune in. So uh, make sure that you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on our website. And if you miss any of the sermons, um, any of the messages, you can visit fpclakeland.org and scroll down to the archives uh, for our sermons or watch us on Facebook or uh, our YouTube channel. And uh, we will you'll be good glad that you did because again the word of god is always preached so thank you for listening thanks again kenny yep and uh, we'll talk we'll talk to you guys again next week